1: This is the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioca, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Now, here's your host from Max Out Savings Advisors, Ted Gioca.
2: Welcome welcome to the Max Out Saving Show. I'm Ted Gioka and we are talking savings, investments, and your retirement. As always, our motto and our philosophy is to save aggressively and invest conservatively. That's the key to building up wealth over the long term. Started with some you 2 there. I was listening to the U2 channel as they were co- as coming in, and they're talking about their first big concert. It seemed like it was Austin, they said, in the United States, where things really exploded and, and U2 really took off. And, uh, I love listening to you too. My brother-in-law was actually at that show and and he goes up and talks to the band afterwards. And they go, where are you playing next? And they say, we're playing in Houston. And he goes, oh, I live in Houston. And they said, well, oh, we're going over there. We don't have any place to stay. And he says, well, you can stay at my mom's house. And so he, they, they went and stayed at, uh, over at, uh, Carol's mom's house and, uh, Mrs. Barry. And, uh, it was, uh. Anyway, it's interesting back then and now it's how things have changed. But uh, savings and investments, it, th- that's a key really to building up wealth. And, and we really, I, I came across some things in a, uh, you know, there was a little story in the Wall Street Journal that uh, 40, 30 to 40% of people elect the cash out of their 401k plans. Listeners of the Max Out Savings Show no. Sh- show, know that we believe that the way to save money is through your 401k plan, your 403b, your company or your uh, organizational savings plans. You, you, you pay yourself first. You take the money out, 10%, minimum, minimum, plus the company match, and you let it build up over time. I, I For most people, look, we have listeners, when we first started out this show, I would say that, and people go... I, I really appreciate the show. I haven't heard anyone talk about savings. This was a decade ago. Now we're one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows. And what we did is we would talk about this and that no one's talking about savings at all. I save 15%. I save 20%. But the reason I really pushed the, which I think most people, I say it should be a minimum of 10%. A lot of people can't do that. I just have, I don't have a lot of confidence that people are real good savers beyond their 401k plans for most people. We there's a subset of savers. We have a lot of them are clients that save 10, 15, 20, 15, 25 percent, uh, some cases more. Big savers. And, and but but a lot of people, they'll come to us, they save ten percent plus the company Max. They work for an oil company, they work for you know someone out there, and and they come in with a million, two million dollars. It they got they, let's say they got $1.75 million in their plan. It's not unusual to see them have $1.75 million in their plan. Very wealth, that's very wealthy. Uh, it's wealthy. And, and then they have $25,000 in savings or, you know, $50,000. Some of them have... A lot of them have twenty five thousand dollars in savings. Beyond that, it's really hard for for all for people to save money. And this is why this four hundred and one k plan is so important to your savings thing. There are so many things that happens in the world that that require money, that require the use of the money. It, it, a new car, a medical emergency, college, and it just makes it very difficult beyond the savings. Now, other so a lot of people can do it, but if you are not in that class then make sure at a minimum you do the 10% plus the company matching your 401k plan and leave it. Alone. Now, here's the key. The reason for the little discussion on this today is 30 to 40% of people elect to cash out their 401k plans uh, when they change jobs and uh, and pay the taxes. Plus, often you, you pay a 10% penalty penalty. Uh, Rather than moving it to another plan uh, uh, to their new company or rolling it over into an IRA rollover, 30 to 40 percent. And that's just disastrous. Most people can't do that. I've spoken to a couple people that have been able to do that where they cashed out their plan. Actually, I think one person in a decade, she was able to do it and she was only able to do it because she lived in a very small house. She took the money, paid cash for her house, had everything taken care of, and lived off of social security. These people were were, were not they were not well off people, but they I, I think the number was hundred and twenty six thousand dollars, maybe it was a hundred and fifty six thousand and they paid they paid the taxes. I was horrified she she called in on the air, and I was trying to be nice to her, and I'm like, well, that wasn't the best thing to do, but then she lays out this plan. Uh, Well, I'm going to have my house paid off and my husband and I just we're going to live off of Social Security and just put the rest of the money aside. I'm like, well, you shouldn't have done this, which she shouldn't have done it. It was a bad idea. But she was one of the few people that I really think she probably would have pulled it off. Most people, you know, because she lives so frugally in the first place. And and so understand, number one, 10 percent plus the company match minimum that's the minimum number two do not take money out of your 401k plan if you ask anyone that's ever done it they always regret it and so that's the you know the saving tip for the day and the max out saving show uh we're going to be talking about uh, more savings uh, on 401k plans later in the show we're going to be talking more about these markets about this trade war uh a lot of interesting things to, to talk about in the show today where's the market going What's happening? There's an enormous amount of risk in the market. How do you manage that risk? We'll be discussing that later in the show as well. First of all, look, really, all I want to do is come in on Saturdays and do a simple retirement planning, retirement help, saving, and investment show. That's really, I want people to call in, hey, Ted, what do you think of this? What do you think of the dollar? What are the, mark, what are the risks? Uh, I have a 401k plan. What should I do? Uh, you know, What do you think? Uh, they're suggesting I do this. Yeah, I enjoy those questions. I prefer to do that. Instead, I come in and I have, you know, I'm doing my show prep uh, early this morning, reading Barron's. And there's Barron's has got this new thing. They got a whole write-up on socially conscious investing. And this is the new buzzword of the left. the left and the socialists in this country have pretty much done a remarkably good job of co-opting our universities and colleges in this country to to turn out you know properly indoctrinated youth uh, with one stupid idea after another. And now they're going they're going after corporate America. And you know this is everything from Bob Iger running around trying to institute. Uh, Liberal values at Disney Corporation. Too my my all time favorite is was what's uh, who was that over at Starbucks uh, who came up with the reeducation camp to shut down all the the, the Starbucks in uh, to reeducate the employees and since then they've had to have an earnings warning because people are quit going to Starbucks because they're fed up with this type of garbage. But and here so here we have Barrons is running a big thing on socially responsible investing. And, and and so this is great, and the and the cover story is, Larry Fink, the new conscience of Wall Street, with a question mark. So here we have another one of this elite class in the world that wants is is, is going to sit down there since he's so much smarter than everybody else is going to tell. Corporate America, how to run their corporations to be social. He's appointed himself. And, and this is something that the left and the socialists are very good at. What they've figured out is they can't really operate in a democracy because the American people, unique as they are as American people, because we come from other countries and we've seen the type of garbage that that, uh, that governments put people through when they flee and come here, they're not going to tolerate that in this country. So you've got to figure out a way if you're a socialist or a liberal to somehow institute your policies, but you you can't really use the vote to get it. And so what you do is you try to do the European model to some extent where you have technocrats running everything that are unelected that can tell everybody what to do. And one, one of their crowning achievements was to try to get part of the, the banking system regulated by the Federal Reserve and then having the Consumer Protection Board at the Federal Reserve. So that way we had this bureaucracy at the Federal Reserve that there is no congressional oversight, there's very little executive branch oversight. and, and is the is, is probably the one area of the United States governance that is completely unrepresented by the people, and this is so the bureaucracy can sit there and do that. And so, so they're trying to. So the Consumer Protection Board was going to protect. Cons- Look, I've had senior levels of Congress tell me, Ted, we can't control these people. Every other department of government, we can cut their budget at the Pentagon, the EPA, or veterans or wherever if we don't like what they're doing. You know, we can't really tell them what to do. We can't – the president puts these people in power. But at the Fed, we can't control their budget. And the president, really, he can maybe pull the head of the Fed, but he doesn't have a lot of leverage with these people at all. So you've got this unresponsive bureaucracy running things. So corporate America is the next one. So what we have is these Wall Streeters – are, are working on on socially conscious investing and so what they want to do is, is and there's a question mark and you know baron's goes the new conscience of wall street is uh most investors virtually all industries biggest names emphasize the importance of long-term thinking larry fink at BlackRock is different for years he's been urging wall street toward the next date instead of the next quarter but then this is what he's doing uh which is fine, but what he's doing is is they're also now putting in socially responsible investing. And so this is, some things as global warming. So are you socially responsible if you're investing in oil companies? Probably not. Uh, you said, okay, what about something like a Coca-Cola? Oh, they're using sugar. That's not socially responsible. We're going to have to get over there and see if we can stop that. Ah, uh, it's uh, Nike had a sexual harassment thing, and so should we invest in Nike anymore? uh it, it goes on and on. Uh, automobiles? Should you, if GM is not going to make all electric cars, are they socially responsible? So Larry Fink has pushed, has has positioned himself as the, as the conscience of the United States of America, and the arbiter of what corporate America is going to do. Larry Fink is a dangerous person. He's a threat to our democracy. He should resign from BlackRock. Look, it's the responsibility of the government to set these things. If they don't want sugar in soft drinks, let them outlaw it. I I like my Coke. Hey, I wish instead of using corn syrup, they'd use real syrup. I, I got You can get a Mexican Coke in town. Those things are big sellers. But hey, some people are different. But the difference is the government, Congress, has every right to ban sugar in a soft drink. Larry Fink at BlackRock has no right at all. You have to understand, this person is going after your civil liberties, after your ability to do things and live your life the way it is. And he's making himself an arbiter of your life, and that is wrong. It's un- it's profoundly un-American it's not what the framers of our constitution did they did everything in their power to make sure the people had a voice in government there was checks and balances in place we had we they came up with the congress they came up with the president and then they came up with the judicial system to make sure all three of them could watch each other and kind of act as checks and balances and then here we have individuals like larry fink coming up in Pointing himself the arbitrator, uh, not going to invest in gun stocks. We're not going to invest in auto companies. We're not going to invest in soft drink companies. We're not going to invest in oil companies, I, I, and so those are American jobs. Larry think is threatening because you know the oil companies will move overseas, the soft drink companies will move overseas. Uh, different and so here he, and it's wrong. It's profoundly un-American to see this type of stuff. Larry Fink should resign at BlackRock. BlackRock is heavily involved in managing a lot of four hundred one ks in this country, which are government regulated, and he has no business involving his personal beliefs in corporate America. And we, it's time we get these executives out of the idea of mandating their socially conscious beliefs on me. My beliefs are very different from, say, Ryan's beliefs here, okay? Neither one of us wants to the other person mandating our lives, and it's the same thing with a lot of our listeners. They might not agree with me. Some do. It, But the important thing is we have a democracy, which we can kind of argue this through, work it, elect people, and move the country forward. But the idea of having co- globalist and elite class mandating these things is really... Uh, it's so un-American. Anyway, so Larry Fink at BlackRock, uh, really, uh, yeah, he's up there with uh, Deng Xiaoping and uh, Stalin in the future. And this is, you got to watch people like this. We'll be right back to discuss savings and investments right here on the Max Out Savings Show.
1: The Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioca will return shortly. To speak with Ted Gioca now, call 713-339-1070. Back in a moment with the Max Out Saving Show.
2: This is Ted Gioca, host of the Max Out Saving Show, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows, celebrating over a decade on the air in Houston, Texas with stocks at record high valuations and interest rates near record lows you need to have your guard up you need to have a plan to manage risk to your retirement do you? at Maxout Savings Advisors we have a risk based value investing approach to your retirement if you would like some help managing your retirement go to MaxoutSavings.com to set up an appointment that's MaxoutSavings.com
1: downtime with your family? that's good downtime for your hydraulics enabled equipment? not so good cranes, specialized haulers, bucket, and digger trucks. When they're not working, you're losing ground and money. South Coast Hydraulics can monitor, service, and repair the hydraulic systems that keep your equipment working. South Coast can design and install hydraulic systems for mobile and industrial applications, tool or press systems, complete manufacturing lines. When you think hydraulics, think South Coast Hydraulics, schydraulics.com.
3: And that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message for 512
1: New Media, 512NewMedia.com. We return now to the Max Out Saving Show. Here's Ted Gioka.
2: Welcome back to the Max Out Saving Show. This is a live show here in Houston, Texas. Uh, and our, our phone number, if you got any questions or comments, 713-339-1070. That's 713-339-1070. I think we're actually running on Sunday a little bit, too, uh, and so that one won't be live. But uh, we're, the, the Max Out Shaving Show is expanding. It's exciting. Uh, we have thousands and thousands of listeners, thousands of people get on our free Max Out Shaving Report. If you're not on that list... Uh, you know, get on. It's a free list. We write a lot about these issues. We were just talking about Larry Fink, which isn't exactly about savings and investments, but but Larry Fink, you know, he 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 basically is engaged in this socially responsible investing. And and, and one of the things he discussed, he he, he said uh, he he had addressed climate change in 2017. In, in in and then in June, the Trump administration uh, withdrew from the Parrot Climate Accord, and, and so. Uh, Separately, BlackRock signed with large investment groups that, you know, they were trying to get back into the climate change thing. And so Larry Fink is pressuring U.S. companies to to do something about climate change, even though the president who was elected president of the United States was against it. Now, in October, Larry Fink hired Brian these, uh, a 40-year-old who advised the Obama administration on climate change and en- energy policy to run BlackRock's over- overall sustainability program. BlackRock runs a half a trillion dollars. It's involved in numerous 401k plans around the country. And here we are they're hiring Obama it's, uh, administration officials to sit there and set their it's sustainability on climate and energy policy. I'm assuming that, that BlackRock is now using... Uh, Brian Deese's ideas and Obama's ideas on this issue, uh, on how to deal with oil companies. This is Larry Fink needs to back off or, you know, and, and I think it was Sam Zell basically made the comment, a billionaire investor. He called in the, in the article, Larry Fink an extraordinary hypocrite. And that's basically it. So let's take a call from who do we have Oscar? Hey, Oscar, how's it going?
4: Hey, Good morning, sir. Oh, pretty good. Hey, uh, also, let me ask, let me preface this. You know, this immigration policy is ridiculous. Uh, yeah. I'm going to get to my real topic. The thing is, we have these banana republics who are completely dysfunctional. And wh- why have we become the 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 refugee center for all these? Uh, can you understand that idea and why people fall for that uh, dysfunctional people? Some of these m- women don't have any husbands. Their husbands are runaway husbands, and uh, and then we have all this crim- crime going thing over over there, and these people are coming over here, and, we, and they're I, coming. You up can't
2: blame up. them. I mean, I, I, if I was, no, I, would I do understand. This, but still, yeah,
4: yeah. But I understand why. Why is it a United Nations problem? Why aren't the other countries, you know, like Brazil, these are stepping up to say, you know, we're going to do it collectively and help these people? Why should we? Why should the, the American taxpayer be the one doing it?
2: Yeah. And by the way, I would support putting money in the, some of those places to try to improve things. Yeah, you're right, Oscar. I mean, we can't be expected to take everybody in the world every time they have a problem into the United States. It's going. It, are the taxpayers in this country can't afford it? Our medical system is already strained beyond belief.
4: Yeah, I know the, the whole thing. The whole idea that people have got an idea that we're going to be the, the you know uh, uh, process all these problems from, uh, from banana republics and, and countries that are very dysfunctional. Well what we should do is really take, take them over like MacArthur took over Japan and straighten them out. I mean, if uh, if they can't do it, we, we should have some MacArthur's out there, you know, straighten out their, their, their the whole system.
2: No, uh, you uh, know. That's one of the best things I've heard in a long time, Oscar. No, I, I think that's true. I mean, why don't we do something in those places instead? The idea... And it, look, I've listened to some people on the other day. So, uh, look, I've got friends of mine that are heavily involved in, in, in this migrant children thing at a deep level. And, uh... And But, you know, I'm like, hey, we just can't afford it. I, hey, But I, but these but these, pa- these parents, these kids
4: come by themselves thousands of miles across this country. It, what who lets of, their kids do they, that? They're very re- they're <laughs> very re- they, these parents are very responsible to let them go at 10, 12 years old by themselves and cross into other countries, and they don't know where the hell these kids are. They're responsible just as bad as the uh, way they blame Trump for that. I don't understand that. Uh,
2: do yeah, that's a good po- I mean, Oscar, look, in this country, honestly, if some mother is not watching the kid and the kid, you know, Walks down to the store. They claim, you know, the mother's, you know, a poor they're mother, and, and, right. and then these people are sending them across the desert in, unaccompanied, and they're being harassed and, and uh, much and worse killed, than no, that.
4: Some cases killed, or they get died. And, and and they're very responsible parents. I mean, that's what it amounts to. No, but, uh,
2: they're going to have to just, do something. But what's your question, Oscar? I look, well, I my, agree with you. Preaching to the choir here. I mean,
4: no, yeah. I know, but I understand people. I I never see people where they synthesize. What's really going macro on 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 this? Why do we have to the idea? Uh, you never you never hear that part of it. The, the, the real problems. Uh, it's like people can't caused,
2: think in this country anymore.
4: Who, who, who's causing these problems? You know, but anyway, it, it's very frustrating. Hey, the other thing is that uh, hey, on the flattening of the yield curve, do you think it's going to continue?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I, look, what I think is, I think it is, but then I think we're, I think we're going to reach a point where that long end is going to start going up again. So I think it's going to continue to flatten. But what's going to be unique about this cycle is I think there's going to be another move up on the back end of the curve as inflation expectations start to kick in.
4: So so the the, the back end uh, will be taken care of by the inflation coming forward. So yeah, yeah. The
2: back end for, for people listening is the, is the longer, the, the 10 and 30 year bonds. Right. So the rate's it, going
4: up. It, 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 so that's not necessarily so. And then the other question is, and and right now then, where, where do you get the most bang for your buck as far as the the, the bond market is? Is it uh, under five years, two years? what? Is, what is uh, your... I think
2: you stay for now under uh, th- uh, three years in there.
4: Under three years of uh, the yeah. situation? Okay. Well, thank you, Ted. Uh, we'll keep you, Ted. T- t- and, uh, you know, like like I said, uh, the American people just don't think – they're not thinking straight. Uh, there are the other people that, you know, uh, set the agenda. And uh, but I, I think a lot of Americans are seeing through it too. You know, they, they say, "Well, why are we responsible for all these things?" It's it's, it's very frustrating to to see how the uh, to see how the news media has framed this thing. You know. It,
2: oh, look at the polling. The polling we're looking pretty good on, on the, the the public really is kind of seeing through this. I mean, they're very compassionate people, but uh, you know, you, you got to somehow stop this immigration. Cause hey, and, and you know what?
4: Things. Something else too on this. Mexico is very responsible. I think we should pull out the, the you know, they're the ones that, if they close their border,
2: we wouldn't have these problems. Oh, uh, uh, Oscar, go, go move to Mexico and try to get a job down there and see what happens to you.
4: <laughs> I know of certain <laughs> people that did it, and they'll, I'll tell you what, uh, they regretted it. You know, you uh, can't
2: get a job. They, you know, they, they're very strict on immigrants, extremely strict on immigrants in Mexico. Yeah,
4: but why don't they, uh, we should really turn the screws on sealing their southern, their southern border and, and and that's where that's where that's where really uh, that's probably
2: the art of the deal is is you, is Mexico shuts down that southern border.
4: Yeah, that's right. That's where the, uh, Trump can really do it because because once they do that, and and, and Trump should use the Trump card and says, "Hey, we're going to pull all these jobs, all these companies from your from your country, if you don't do that, he has a lot. You know, he can really do a lot. Yeah. If if he puts the screws on on Mexico." You know, being the ones that 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 that, that, that are doing a number. No, of, I think
2: so, uh, Oscar. I want to get to this other call. Yeah, final go ahead. final thing, Oscar. I'm sorry. Final thing, Oscar is uh, we got the remember we got a presidential election coming up here uh, in in uh, this I think next month here, which is going to be a big story. Everyone should be keeping an eye on. So take, let's take a call from Laura. Hello, Laura.
5: Hi. Good morning, Ted. How are you? Great. Yourself great i'm doing well hey you know my question kind of complements oscar's concern and i'm going to try to keep it very simple and i'm very concerned about trade specifically when you peel back the layer of trade you have the push-pull factors of you know employment and that yes. kind of leaks into the immigration issue and so on and so forth but i have two two, a, a two-part question for you number one how is NAFTA now going to possibly change as a result of the July 1st elections with Lopez Obrador, you know, taking the lead there possibly? Yes. And number two, why is it that uh, Mr. President Trump is not taking uh, an approach with trying to connect more with the OAS or the Organization of American States? which would really complement the trade issues specific with NAFTA and the push-pull factors directly linked with immigration because, you know, these people are coming up for, for, for authentic reasons. I mean, maybe not all because they seek asylum, but they're really coming up for a job. And I had a college instructor tell me one time, you know, Laura, nothing stops a bullet better than a job. So to, to that point, yeah. the Lopez Obrador issue in Mexico, how that's going to change dynamics with Trump, and uh, the OAS. Why is the OAS not being
2: more proactive? That, Thank that, you. Wow, that's a good question, Laura. You really ask our, our listeners <laughs> have such great questions. Here, here, look, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Here's the, here's a couple things. The, the Mexican election coming with Obrador coming. I, I think he's going to win. He, he's much more mm-hmm. socialist, left wing. Uh, this is why we haven't seen a deal on NAFTA. And what I I think. I'm guessing here. I think one of the things they're really after on NAFTA is they want to make sure that NAFTA is not going to be a backdoor for China to move goods into the United States through Canada and Mexico. You know, uh, for instance, make all the steel and in 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 the high 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 value parts in in China and move them through Mexico and uh, assemble them in Mexico or Canada and move them into the United States. And, and I think all of this is really. Op- A lot of it is about China because Canada is really, quite frankly, not that big of a problem. Uh, But we're going to have to limit. China's influence, I think, on the uh, organization of uh, American states. Look, I I think you almost go back to somewhat of an, a Monroe Doctrine in a way uh, on this. In in and, and I I do think we should work more with 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 those, and we should have a, a regional trading block in here. But but the trick is is how do we limit China from coming in underneath that and in, in moving stuff into the United States? I, I I really think if you look at this whole thing with this trade war, we've been saying on this show for you know months maybe 6 months or more now that that this trade battle with China is going to be much tougher and long-winded than people realize because it's risen to a level with China that they're now a threat to the United States and, and so I, that's that's how I think this is going to play out it's going to be tough on the markets but it's just – there's just no easy way around it. Uh, and, I, and, and if you listen closely – this is one thing a lot of people don't understand. If you listen closely to what's the, you know, the, the establishment in Washington, D.C., some of those people – they seem to be kind of backing, really saying China's a problem. China. And I think they're starting to realize, hey, with Trump, yeah, he's a mad, quote, madman, crazy person. There's nothing we can do. But they're using him to try to take on China. And and I so Trump yeah. has support that people don't realize,
5: right? And and I remember about twenty years ago, and I probably was maybe a teenager when this happened. But you know, there was a huge thing with what they call the MFN status of China, and and that pretty much got steamrolled over. And once that once that issue died and went away with most favorite nation status, you know, China just got deeply entrenched in, in various parts of the world. You know, Africa in particular in South America, too, to a certain degree, specifically with oil. And so now we have this runaway monster where, you know, multiple people are being impacted. And it's a, it's a little bit complicated. And so to kind of, you know, unwrap these things and then start back to, you know, at square one, it's going to take a long time. And that's what worries me, because it's in that long time that you're going to have these lags. We're going to go back to that cycle, that business cycle, and and to Oscar's point, that yield curve. We don't want it, you know, to to, to go, you know, negative to, to decline. You know, we want yes. it to increase or to remain relatively, you know, flat.
2: Yeah, well, and that's that. The, the other thing to keep in mind here, too, Laura, is is with th- this is all going to kind of play out. I think it is with China. China is is, is the problem, but it's it's uh, the I think this is going to be tough. If you're going to fight this battle, you fight it right now with 3.8 percent unemployment in the United States and a strong economy that's gathering strength. That way we can absorb the potential problems from it. This this battle has got to be fought. And if you're going to fight the battle, you don't want to be fighting at the depths of the recession. You want to be fighting it right. with a good economy that, that the U.S. economy right now can hold up a lot of the world's, rest of the world's economy.
5: That is true. Well,
2: awesome. thank you so much. Those were my two main concerns. We'll see what happens. Okay, thank you, Laura. Bye. A lot of look, this China thing is is a bigger look right here. I'm holding in my hand. And when I was on the Sam Malone show, if I was I was Skyping, you could see it. I I, I brought it up, but it was uh, how China's econ. Uh, the, the White House released a report this week entitled How China's Economic Aggression Threatens Technology and Intellectual Property in the United States. And I started writing down some of the things. It was everything from physical theft, theft cyber-enabled theft, cyber-enabled espionage— Evasion of export laws, counterfeiting, uh, reverse engineering, uh, foreign ownership restrictions. I mean, the list went on and on and on. It's a thirty-five page report, pretty simply written. If if you'd like to see it, China has forty thousand intelligence agents gathering data all over the world. They have three hundred thousand students here, in 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 our colleges and many at the postgraduate level collecting. Not collect a lot of these. Chinese people just would rather not even go back to China, but some of them are collecting information. China came out with the jet that was uh, the mo- one of the most advanced jets is a virtual copy of our top end jet. In, in they're stealing technology. Verizon did a study with I think 150 companies, something like that. Uh, they they looked at at. Uh, a, the, the cyber attacks and cyber breaches, actually it wasn't company, it was, it was some companies, it was organizations and governments, and 96% of the cyber attacks in the stolen data came out of China in the report. So when you hear about, you know, the Russians, you know, cyber hacking, everything, when they did the study, 96% of the stuff was in China. So if, if you want some more information on this, Google up how, uh, uh, White House uh, trade uh, manufacturing policy, June 2018, or just how China's aggression threatens technologies and privacy at White House, and you get the 35-page report. It's really remarkable... The, the length in the in the uh, in the depth that they 've gone to take our technology, our jobs and our manufacturing out of the united states that 's the one look, the one edge we have in the world today is the United States are the most innovative people in the world. We have been for two hundred and fifty years we out innovate everybody because not that we 're smarter than everybody but we have a democracy and freedom to do it here. if we allow every all our innovations to be stolen. We're going to lose to China. There's no way around it. Tell you what, so it's going to be a tough battle. We'll be right back after this quick break. If you got any questions or comments, give us a call at 713-339-1070 here on the Maxwell Savings Show.
1: The Max Out Saving Show with Ted Gioka is taking your calls now at 713-339-1070. Ted Gioka will return after these messages.
2: This is Ted Gioka, host of the Max Out Saving Show, one of Houston's most popular financial radio shows, celebrating over a decade on the air in Houston, Texas. With stocks at record high valuations and interest rates near record lows, you need to have your guard up. You need to have a plan to manage risk to your retirement. Do you? Welcome back to the Max Out Savings Show. We're talking savings, investments, and your retirement. Uh, as always, we had a lot to talk on the show here today. Uh, our, this is a live show. You can uh, give us a call at seven one three 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 nine ten seventy. Also, uh, go to our website, sign up for our free report. Uh, we we have uh, we write a lot of all types of neat things in there. Our most recent one, we we talked about savings and investments and. In, in in China and how really it's going to be a bigger issue than people think, we, which is something we've been saying, In uh, how it's going to affect the markets. We actually had an interesting chart on there about, uh, about global pollution in the particulate level that showed the United States is one of the cleanest places in the world. You won't hear that anywhere else because all you hear about is what polluters we are, but take a look at some of the data and it's not true. So what I try to do is I try to Bring to people stuff that you're not hearing in the mainstream, and it, it, because it's not politically correct, or because they don't want it, it, because it's not part of the agenda. And what we wanted to do is get down to the truth and bring it to you here on the Max Out Savings show. So go to the website, MaxOutSavings.com. We took we have some charts on crude oil, the dollar going up. We think inflation's coming back. We write all about that in the Max Out Savings report. So. If you, just go to maxoutsavings.com, and if you need help with your retirement, your your IRA rollover, that's what we do at Max Out Savings Advisors. We're value investors in the stock and bond markets. We we do a lot of risk analysis. I think there's a lot of risk in this market, and so this is something you want to kind of continue to watch. And and, and so, but if you need some help, go to the website maxoutsavings.com. Tell you what? Let's take a call from uh, who is that? Sydney. Hey, Sydney, how you doing?
6: Hi there. I have a quick question I'd like your professional opinion about. Okay. Um I have I'm 71 and I have a uh, an IRA and I understand that I can take uh an annuity, a QLAC, Q L A C QLAC contract
5: mm-hmm.
6: um up 130,000 out of the total amount I have in there and um I wanted to know what your opinion is about that.
2: Is that, is that like a, uh, I, I'm not as far, uh, you know, I haven't really looked at the, at the QLAC. Is that like a, an annuity, a fixed annuity? Or?
6: It's a, it's a qualify, qualifying, I'm sorry, the right word is qualifying, according to the IRS, long-term annuity. It's supposed to help, um, and, and I wouldn't be taking anything from it until I'm, a stream of income from it until I'm
2: 85. Okay. Yeah. So this is an annuity. And, and so, yes. uh, yeah, the, um, it, it, it I, I think uh, this is just part of your, 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 uh, IRA, right? Correct. Okay. Uh, a, a couple things now that you've turned 70, 71, you have to take out your, uh, RMD. Correct. Okay. So mm-hmm, you got mm-hmm. that. This isn't a bad idea where, where I don't, Recommend, one of the things the government's pushing now is for everybody to have annuities where you take your IRA rollover and you put it into an annuity uh, contract. And what worries me there is that one day we get a big inflation, inflation started to take up. And if inflation ever came in and you got a really big inflation, it would wipe out those income streams and, you, and you'd have no chance to recover. So I like the idea of having some stocks and bonds that you can kind of ride up with inflation and, and they will grow with inflation. But having said that, uh, in this case, you're, you're, the contract would start at what eighty five or yes, okay. eighty five. Okay. Would it be a a, a period certain, or would it just be an, until something happens to you?
6: Uh, it would be actually two different contracts because you can take one hundred thirty thousand. So it would be two sixty five thousand dollar contracts each with a A plus plus company mm-hmm. each insurer, and um, and it would go for my lifetime. Okay. Until I.
1: Okay. Look,
2: and and what this does for you is, if in the future you start running out of money in your IRA, you have a backup a little bit, and that income kicks in, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's not. Yeah, I think that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Okay. Great. That that was my. The other thing. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Final thing, Sydney is. You're doing the right thing by the A plus, but you want to get – If this is my philosophy with annuities. I've been around a long time, and, and I, I've, I've, I've had to help clients untangle uh, uh, annuity contracts they got with executive life that went into bankruptcy, and it was a gigantic mess, and they lost a lot of money. So my philosophy is always go with the high-quality companies. Don't go with who's going to give you the most money. Go with the highest quality because if something goes wrong, it's not going to be that little extra money isn't going to make up for the loss of, of, of if the insurance company goes into bankruptcy. So when doing annuities, you have to plan, as you're planning here, 10 to 15 years in the future. No one knows what those insurance companies could going to look like. So go with the highest quality. You'd you generally be okay.
6: Mm-hmm. One last thing. Mm-hmm. I did call the insurance commissioner's office in Austin, and they explained to me that there's a uh, backup where they will um, cover up to $100,000 on any one annuity contract in case the com- company goes bust.
2: So, Yeah, but we I, we went through this with Executive Life, and it went on for like three or four years. Uh, the, the danger is if something goes wrong, because the other ones kind of chip in some money. And so, yeah, there, there's a little bit of a backup, but it only goes to like the $100,000, and, and it can be a big mm-hmm. mess. So, yeah, you're doing the right okay. thing. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Good question, Cindy. uh That that was a QLAC, which is basically an annuity that you can put. It's qualified to go into a, a uh, an IRA. And uh, the key is she's not taking her her hundred and thirty thousand dollars out of the IRA in a check payable to Sydney and then buying the annuities. She's buying the annuity in the IRA. So uh, so so she's not taking the tax thing. Something to think about. Uh, another interesting story came out here. Uh, the Fed this week came out and did the uh, they, they they released the results of the stress tests of the banks and they and they the big banks and, and they and they ran some numbers with with the the stock market falling sixty five percent none of the banks failed. Look, I think I, the one thing the Fed has done a good job of, and I've been a huge critic of the Federal Reserve, uh, is they've done a good job of cleaning up our banking system and making sure that these banks are much more conservative. Uh, going forward. Uh, we warned of failures of investment banks in 2007, and we wrote about it in the Max Out Savings Report. We we presented the balance sheets at the time. I mean, it was extremely controversial what we did, and we were right. Uh, we were right. Ahead. No, no one even no one dreamt this was possible when we wrote about this. And, 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 and so the banks, and we warned about the banks were going to be a problem. They're in much better shape this time. I'm not going to say there won't be problems, but they're in better shape. Now, the interesting thing about this this the report the Fed put out. The Fed Reserve is now gonna. It's been holding the banks back from buying back stock, and paying dividends. And in a lot of the big banks, you know, Wells Fargo, uh, Bank America, Citigroup, uh, you know, J.P. Morgan. A lot of these people, they have excess capital on them, which means they have too much capital. They really can't deploy. So they're going to try to. And their stocks aren't super expensive. Uh, we, we've, inve- we've invested in some of the companies, and, and we're investors in some of the company. The PEs on the banks are, are eleven and a half, ten, nine, nine and a half, ten percent, ten PEs. So if you're going to buy back stock, it's not an unreasonable price. You realize how many companies are rushing around buying back stock at twenty-five and thirty times earnings out there? It's unbelievable. Okay, so at ten times earnings, it's not a bad. So they're going to buy back stock, and they're going to increase the dividends in the bank. So the big banks. All right, this is some positive news coming out, so look for some a lot of positive things happening in, in the big banks, some of the regionals too, but the, they're going to let them do this. And they have the thing to understand is the Federal Reserve has not allowed the banks to do that for about the last 10 years because they wanted these people to build up very solid capital cushions so if there was ever another crisis, the Federal Reserve and the government wouldn't be, in theory, bailing them out. We'll see how that plays out. It's going to always be something, but... But so i pause on two things. Our banks are much stronger than they used to be. Uh, the, the crisis isn't going to be there. The crisis is going to be in, in corporate debt, uh, this time in, in international debt. Uh, and we'll discuss that at another time. So the banks are doing much better. Uh, and they're going to start paying dividends and buying back stock. Now, the, the, the rest of the market, you know, I wanted to just touch base some on it, is really, uh, look, I mean, this week, the market, if you look at the stock market, it's really gone nowhere year-to-date. Uh, the S&P is up a couple percent. The, the Dow was actually down uh, year-to-date. Uh, in, in inflation is up about 2.8. It's gone from 2 to 2.8 uh, percent since the start of the year. Uh, the, uh, the the 10-year has gone from 2.45 to 2.9. The 2-year the, the has gone from about... Uh, 1.89 to 2.5, 1.9 to almost 2.6% on the two year. So it, it's, it, it, you know, it, 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 interest rates are going up. The dollar has risen here in the last three months about 4.5%. So the dollar's going up, inflation's going up, interest rates are going up, oil is going up. You know, a lot of inflation. This is telegraphing a lot of inflation. This is why the market is going nowhere in here. And, and I think there really seems to be more and more risk coming in the market. Can there be? The debate out there is going to is there going to be one more blow off phase to the upside, or is that? It? I I think I think we're going to at least at a minimum go through kind of a. You know, the blow up with the the trade issues now, it's a very, very expensive market. The tech sector clearly is in some type of blow off top. That one's impossible to predict where it goes. The valuations are ridiculous. And and so I I really think you've got to continue to have risk program, risk monitors in place with this market because higher inflation, higher interest rates, higher oil prices, uh, higher dollar, none of that in any shape or form is positive for the stock market. And if you've got any questions, this is the last segment. If you want to get in here, uh, 713-339-1070 here in the Max Out Savings Show. That's 713-339-1070. You've had a lot of great questions today. Uh, give us a call. Uh, so it, so this is in the United States. Now, if you look at the emerging markets, that really hasn't gone as well either. Uh, th- those Those markets are selling down. The emerging markets are clearly breaking down. Emerging market debt is breaking down uh what's happening is the dollar is going up it it's really put in interest rates are going up here it's putting a lot of pressure overseas we've had a currency crisis in argentina we've had the currency crisis in turkey we we had India's having to raise rates, and, and and so really you're seeing, and Brazil has problems. So all what's happening, the currency, these crises first start overseas. That's what started in 1998 overseas in Thailand, and in, in, ended up in the blow up of long term credit, uh, in uh, in the. the Years or so later. The uh, the same thing happened. You, you, you saw the peripheries in the United States in 2007. You started seeing some blowups in the mortgage market at the time here in 2007. And, 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 you know, we even at the time we said, look, this is a perfect storm. It's happening. It's coming. Prepare for it. Watch out. And, you know, we were able to navigate extremely successfully through the financial crisis because of that. And so I think you're starting to see it happen again. And I think you really have to have your your, your guard up. I, a couple things we're looking at. We're looking at some of the industrials as they get keep getting pounded on by, because of the trade war. It's kind of interesting because it's a very good very good economy here. You know, if you look at it, we've got 3.8% unemployment. That's fantastic. I heard some people saying the other day we have the best jobs market since the 1960s. That's fantastic. We've got companies now putting factories in the United States. We're getting growth in the United States what we've been talking about in the theme for for really for 2018 was the shift from a financial economy where the stock market goes up but nobody makes any money to the real economy where we open up factories jobs they hire more people. People get raises. Workers get wage raises. That's the real economy. We pay too much attention to the financial economy because that was the easiest to manipulate. And so now we're, this shift is going on. And this is at the same time we talked about all the the interest rates going up, the dollar going up. But the Fed is now pulling money out of the system. The Japanese are starting to slow down. And the same thing. With, with the Europeans, this quantitative easing has been the biggest financial experiment in the history of the world. They took interest rates to the lowest of the history of the world, and it really didn't create any growth. China's not really growing that much. Japan's not growing. Europe really isn't growing. Who's growing the United States of America? What changed? Donald Trump with lower taxes, less regulation, and letting the free market work. That's what's always worked. So it's exciting, but it's – understand it's leading to change and there's more risk in, in, in the financial system, in in, in investments today because – it. you have to have your guard up. So if you need some help, go to our website, maxoutsavings.com. It's maxoutsavings.com. And sign up for our free newsletter. It's free. We don't bother. We don't call you. All we do is we send out a newsletter once a month. All types of interesting things are in our report on savings, investing, the world today. How I, you know, sometimes things are just different if you look at them at a different perspective. We put it in the report. So, and if you need help with your retirement, that's what we do at Max Out Savings Advisors. We'll be happy to sit down with you and go over your financial situation, see how you're set for retirement, and show you our value investing approach to the stock and bond market. So if you need some help, go to our website. It's maxoutsavings.com. That's maxoutsavings with an s dot com. And we see you next week right here on the Max Out Savings Show. Until then, remember the motto and the philosophy is to save aggressively and invest conservatively. That's the key to building up wealth over the long term. Save aggressively and invest conservatively. We'll see you next week right here on the Max Out Saving Show.